Oh, welcome back to another edition of the Purplelight Podcast. This is Purb Take, where we do a weekly review of all the biggest news in sports. This is Jamin White, joined with Adam Goldsboro and Tyler Zeman. Today we're going to be talking about the NFL playoffs, several storylines along the NBA, and UFC Fight Night 143. All right, so first we're going to go over to the NBA and its several storylines with Adam Goldsboro. All right. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Zeman, clap. Clap, clap for Adam. There we go. Okay, now, NBA. <laughs> All right, so for the first major storyline we have, it's obviously the DeMarcus Cousins return to the Warriors. This is kind of something the whole league has been dreading, basically. And uh, surprisingly, DeMarcus Cousins, he did play well, but he has, you know, limited minutes. He's doing DeMarcus Cousins things. You know, he almost got a technical foul. <laughs> But he only did play 20 minutes in their recent game, and he only had 8 points. And then the game before that, he did have a couple of nice plays. you know. But other than that, he's just kind of still working his way back in. And frankly, I don't know really what's going to happen. It could just be more of him not even really playing a lot of minutes until another month or two down the season. He probably won't play back-to-backs either. They're definitely going to try and keep him... I think, anyway, try and keep him limited until the playoff run where he's probably going to be the most used. Yeah. Because um, DeMarcus Cousins is just one of those game breakers. And once he, once he works himself up to that level again, the league is going to be very scared. Yeah, because they're going to be the only team in NBA history since the 1970s to start five All-Stars in mm. one season. It's so scary. I know, it's very scary, but... The West is officially... It's interesting, though. It is interesting. Like, the Nuggets and stuff. Because if like, they don't win yeah. the championship, this will be worse than when they choked whenever they were 73-9. and nine. Yeah, well, I don't know. They won't have to deal with LeBron in the finals this year. Oh, yeah. He so. might be in the Western Conference finals, though. So. You never know. No, but then again, for another story, kind of, the Lakers suck without well, LeBron. Without LeBron, yeah. Without I mean, LeBron, they're terrible. I mean... Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, I mean, they just look so out of it. Lonzo Ball went down, too. Yeah, I know, he's hurt now, too, but it's just like, they they, they look so out of it. It's like they're not yeah. even, they don't realize that this is like a moment for them to step up, because I guarantee you LeBron's taking notes of who he wants to trade. Well, <laughs> I, I, I hate to admit it, but if, he, if, if LeBron gets a trade for Magic and he says, yo, LeBron... We can get Anthony Davis for Kyle Kuzma, Alonzo Ball, and Brandon Ingram. He's going to pull that. Oh, trigger. no, it's happening. Yeah. It's ha- he, he, he's not he, – it's not like – it's not even a question. He'll be like, go ahead and do that trade right now. And LeBron is truly a coach on the floor, more than just being a great player. He's great at elevating the rest of the team in similar ways like, you know, Tom Brady does in football. It's everyone's better – when he's present so it'll be interesting to see yeah but and then basically just to wrap up the nba portion james harden is still on his historic run as they did lose last night to the philadelphia 76ers not close either no it wasn't close james harden didn't shoot that well from the floor i believe he was 12 for 26 and (laughs) had mostly free throws you know but he one thing the sixers did that a lot of teams don't do against him is they they played him extremely physical Mm mm-hmm like, very physical. Like, Corey Brewer was guarding this dude on the ground. <laughs> it was it was, it was, kind of weird to watch because James Harden really never gets that physicality. No, he's not, used, to, he's not used to that kind of pressure. Yeah, people always just try to hang back, and it's like Joel Embiid's getting in his face, refs have to break it up, stuff like that. So it's interesting because, you know, 
he may still have scored, you know, 37 or something, but they haven't been winning, really, whenever he's had to do that. Yeah, at the end of the day, personal accolades mean nothing if your team doesn't win. Yeah. All right, so thanks, Adam, for giving us our NBA news. We're going to move over to the NFL with Tyler Zeman. Yes. Yeah, so oh, 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 hold on, Zeman. Adam, clap for Zeman. There we go. Thank you. All right, here we go. All right, so the first game on Sunday was the NFC Championship, and the Los Angeles Rams went to the Superdome in New Orleans to play the New Orleans Saints, and the game ended 26-23 in overtime from a 57-yard kick from Rams kicker, and it might not have ended that way. Uh, In the fourth quarter with less than two minutes left, I believe, Los Angeles Rams cornerback, Nikel Robbie Coleman uh, was went out to cover Saints receiver Tommy Lee Lewis in the final minutes of regulation, and well, instead of turning and playing the ball, Coleman just took out Lewis, and the refs decided not to call pass interference. And honestly, the, it could have ended way differently. Like if Coleman had played the ball. It could have been an interception and gone for a pick six as it was a, like a five-yard screen pass, and it would have got the Saints first down if completed. But refs don't call pass interference, and they're left headed in the OT. It could have changed the game drastically. Saints could have got first and goal. Um, could have easily killed the time and went on to win the game, but... And it, it's it's sad because like Drew, this yeah. was like a career year for Drew Brees out of several career years, but he's once again not going yeah. to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it's sad. He, it was a it was, you could argue an MVP season for Brees, uh, overall. But moving on to later Sunday evening, where the New England Patriots traveled to Arrowhead Stadium to play the Kansas City Chiefs, and that game ended thirty seven thirty one also uh decided in overtime it's the first time it's the first time in nfl history where two conference championship games ended in overtime and again in the same manner there was a lot of controversy did the ball touch julian edelman uh during his punt return uh it wasn't really clear either way but again the refs have to make a decision and and they made the wrong one I would say you you could argue that um, it it was really close, but I I don't think he touched the ball personally. Uh, this ended up having an outcome again, and the re- the the refs played uh, in the outcome again. But then more controversy struck as the Patriots were the only team to touch the ball in overtime, and a lot of people were outraged I feel personally I feel like the game ended in a very anticlimactic manner as the Patriots just marched down the field and scored on the Chiefs defense which was a very reoccurring uh story in that game and Patrick Mahomes didn't get to step on the field uh or touch the ball in overtime which is again has people outraged and questioning whether the rules should be changed in overtime playoff games yeah that's really and the owners, like, already are coming after the refs. People on social media, obviously, who don't know anything about football, are coming after the refs' heads. Um, and it's unfortunate. You know, the the young gun, Patrick Mahomes, was supposed to, this was supposed to be his year. But um, 
Tom Brady and Belichick just keep doing what Tom Brady and Belichick do, which is be great when they need to. Yeah, honestly, I think the uh, the two favorites to make the Super Bowl did not um, did not make it this year. I think Drew Brees on the NFC side was definitely a favorite. He played well and he was all over pretty much any team he faced. He had he was dominant in all of his games. And the Chiefs, it's just like the new swagger they kind of brought to the NFL with all the hype around Patrick Mahomes and his new throwing style, the sidearm, no look, you know, you name it, he he's pretty much done it. And it was it's kind of sad to see that go. But I don't think you can blame it all on the refs. You yeah, know, each team can. had their chances to take take the lead and like clearly end the game there. Uh, but you know. Everything happens for a reason, and both teams are going home after the conference championships this week. Thank you, Jamin. And here to talk about UFC Fight Night 143 is Jamin White. Wait, do not say anything, Jamin. Don't clap for Jamin either. What? Go ahead, Jamin. No claps for Jamin? Okay. No, no claps so for we're going to move on to a quick review of UFC Fight Night 143. Uh, back in Brooklyn, uh, the first. This is pretty historic it's the first time ufc uh was broadcast on espn on espn plus as they reached a new contract uh at the beginning of this year um and it was a stacked card too even the preliminary cards oh my gosh we got to see donald cowboy cerrone back at lightweight to fight a young up-and-coming fighter alex hernandez and what was one of the most interesting fights on the card for sure it was one of the few that actually made it out of the first round um but you could tell Cowboy, the more experienced fighter, just came out gunning. You know, he, he, had, a, he had a little scare, a little uh, quick jab above the right eye. But once that happened, he was on. And it was so cool to see the old guy unranked. He's back in, uh, back in lightweight. Um, his quest for the belt continues as he rolls through Alexander Hernandez, who shows – Great potential. He was ranked number 11th uh, when Cerrone fought him, and Cerrone full-heartedly believes that he's going to remain in the top rankings for the rest of his career. Uh, and on to the main card, the main event of the night, super fight between Henry Cejudo and TJ Dillashaw. Dillashaw, of course, the 135 champion, came down to 125 to fight the current champion, Henry Cejudo, in a fight that was truly champion on champion. Um, there was a lot of hype for this fight. Dillashaw moving down a weight class, very uncharacteristic for someone going for two belts. Um, and he had his chance. It was really unfortunate because many believe that it was badly refed. The fight ended at 32 seconds. Uh, Dillashaw just got pounded. And what looked to be scrambling by Dillashaw, was he, he said he was trying to defend a single leg uh, takedown. Um, so it was unfortunate that the fight ended that way. But Henry Cejudo is no man to mess around with. Olympic gold champion, truly a great fighter. Um, and Dillashaw and Dana White uh, were both very shocked at the results and the way it ended. But it's not easy being a double champ. There's a reason only three fighters in UFC history, uh, Conor McGregor, Daniel Cormier, and Amanda Nunes, have been crowned uh, double champs uh, unanimously. But it's a hard, it's a hard sport. Um, great night on ESPN. Stephen A. Smith got to do his thing. 
and it'll be interesting to see how the league moves on. This has been another edition of Perp Take, where we give you the biggest news in the last week of sports. This has been Jamin White, joined with Adam Goldsboro and Tyler Zeman, now signing off. Thank you.